This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana. Welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. Wow, it's weird to say that on my own, all on my own. For those of you who missed the announcement last week, unfortunately, and I'm saying unfortunately because Jonah does not like the word unfortunately, but unfortunately Jonah is leaving Seeing Other People. But fortunately, it is with a wonderful reason He is absolutely crushing it in the film world. He is a screenwriter. He is a director. He has an amazing, amazing film, Dating in New York, coming out right now at the Tribeca Film Festival. And he's really just putting 250% of his time and effort and energy into what his lifelong passion has always been, which is telling stories through film and romantic comedy specifically. And we are so excited to watch him crush it at all of that and watch him have so much success. And with that, I'm really excited that seeing other people is not going anywhere. And if anything, we are going to continue learning more and more about dating and love and life every week together. And I'm so grateful for everyone who has tuned in today and this week and who is going to continue to listen and is going to continue to listen, even though it's just me. I really appreciate you all so much. And I'm really excited about what 
is to come with the future of seeing other people. I've already recorded the next five episodes. We have so many amazing guests coming on. We're going to hear so many really cool stories and unique stories and get different perspectives on topics that a lot of you have written in asking us to talk about. So I'm very excited for that. And with that being said, I want to just ask you all to be a little patient with me. This is definitely a new experience for me. I'm nervous to be on my own. I've never done this without Jonah. Uh, he and I started Dating Sucks together in 2020. And then we did Seeing Other People in January 2021. And so this is a really new experience for me. And I'm sure I'm going to mess up. I'm sure I'm going to learn a lot while I do it. But as always, I welcome your feedback. Just please use kind words. I don't have that thick of skin, which I'm working on. Um, but yeah, I definitely welcome feedback and suggestions and any any topics you ever want covered, any guests you ever want. Uh, definitely DM seeing other people on Instagram, DM me at alana.dunn or email seeing other people podcast at gmail.com. I love to hear from all of you. I might not respond to every email, but I read every single email. I copy and paste every single thing that you wrote into docs that I have that I use to plan the show out. And I really want to remind everyone that this show is for you. It's not for me to hear myself talk. It's not for any reason other than dating is really hard. And the more we can talk about the difficulties that we face and the struggles that we have and what we experience, the more we can learn from it and the better we can set ourselves up for success. So I really do want to hear from you. If anyone has a story they want to come on the podcast and share, I'd love that. And I'm also going to be continuing the Patreon. So patreon.com slash seeing other people. I'll be continuing to do bonus episodes and Patreon profile revamps for your dating app profile, which have been honestly one of the coolest parts of this entire podcast experience because I have gotten to Zoom with so many of you listening. And we've actually not only helped people with their profiles to actually go off and meet people and get into great relationships, but I've like made friends, like real genuine friends with some of the listeners that I've Zoomed with and done their profile revamps for through our Patreon. And it's been such an incredible experience and I love connecting with all of you. So definitely check that out. And of course, hit me up with a five-star rating and a kind review because there are some not so kind reviews and that kind of hurts a little because, you know, put a lot of work into this, doing this independently and really putting a lot of heart into it. So if you love what you hear, please let the world know, share it on your profiles, like on social media, whatever whatever you can do, tell a friend, tell a cousin, tell a coworker about the podcast if you think they'd like to hear it. Anything helps tremendously. And with that, let's talk about today's episode. I could not be more excited for this episode. I am bringing on such a special person in my life, my best friend since eighth grade, Sarah Sassone. She and I actually met in a very interesting way, which we'll talk about on the podcast, but we ended up we were best friends throughout all of high school without actually really meeting each other in person. And we went to college together and we lived together in New York City after college. And she also is the host of the podcast, It's Fine, I'm Fine. She co-hosts it with Liz Height, who is also an incredible, amazing human who I hold very close to my heart and have learned a lot from. 
And the podcast is mainly about mental health. And they're doing some amazing work over there talking about the things that people don't really want to talk about, but we need to be talking about. And it's, it's really, really cool to hear those conversations happen. And so Sarah and I have known each other for so long, and we've seen each other through the most kind of pivotal moments in our dating lives and and lives. And we've learned so much from each other and seen each other go through the highs and lows of dating and relationships. And so I'm really bringing her on for us to have just an open and honest conversation about all of these ups and downs and, and what tools we now have in our toolkits from going through these experiences that we wish we had back then when we were starting our dating journeys and things that we've learned along the way that have really helped us out. Um, we're going to talk about what it's been like for Sarah to be single while a lot of her friends are in or getting into serious relationships. Cause I know that's something that a lot of us have dealt with and it can be really hard and really lonely and isolating. And there's a lot that we're going to talk about. We actually like had a little bit of an outline for the episode and ended up talking about completely different things, but I'm so happy with how it came out and I'm going to shut up and stop talking so you can actually just enjoy the episode and let's do it. Let's bring Sarah in. And welcome Sarah Luis Sasson into the episode. Thank you. Hi, I'm so honored to be here. I am so honored to have you here. So a little bit of backstory. Why don't you tell the Seeing Other People listeners who you are, how we know each other, what you do, why you're here. You want me to tell your listeners how we got, how we met? <laughs> how we got here. Okay. Um, hey, everyone. I'm Sarah. I have a podcast of my own called It's Fine, I'm Fine. I'm super passionate about mental health. Um, I work in advertising full time. I teach yoga. Those are some current day things about me. And then for some background on how uh, our dear Alana and I met, we were massive fans of the Jonas Brothers, and which you probably already know. Um, and we met on a Jonas Brothers fan site in 2008 when we were both 13, maybe 12. Basically like the original dating app. It, the original dating app. I say that all the time. People are like, wow, how are you so good at internet relationships? Okay, that sounds really bad, but I mean... No, but literally, yeah. like same. We Most of our friends we've met on the internet. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> um, but yeah, we met online. We stayed friends over the years. And then when it was time to choose college roommates as freshmen, we were like, let's do it. We both ended up going to Syracuse and we were roommates for two years. And then after college, we moved to New York City together um, and we've just stayed close ever since. So that is our story. And I think the really cool thing about you being here and us getting to have a conversation about dating and, and mental health is that we've really been there in a way for each of our, like every single relationship since eighth grade, like mm -hmm. the most important and pivotal and beautiful and dark moments of each, like each of our dating lives, we've been there and we've been each other's kind of like person to get through it all. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm really excited that we get to kind of have this conversation about all that. Definitely. I feel like we've really grown together. We've learned together. We've learned from each other. We yeah. both had, you know, boyfriends at 18 that we thought were done deals. <laughs> and it's just so funny to see like how far we've come, even though I'm yep. still single. <laughs> I mean, I basically was until a minute ago. So 
I know, right? Surprise, everyone. (laughs) Surprise. Okay, so a few things that we're going to talk about today, and especially being that Sarah is a co-host of It's Fine, I'm Fine, which is mental health focused. um, We really wanted to talk about something that a lot of us face, whether it's at one point in our lives or through our entire dating journey or like suddenly out of nowhere after getting out of a breakup, but it's really like that feeling of loneliness and Mm -hmm. rejection and in a way, not even rejection, but just like constantly not finding your person Mm -hmm. and it not working out and feeling at the end of the day, like you're kind of like perpetually single one or like the only single person in the friend group at times and, and kind of how that really ends up weighing down on us and impacting our day-to-day lives. Definitely. And I think even if it's not technically rejection every time, sometimes it can feel like rejection. Even if no one's rejecting you, you feel rejected anyway. So I think the Mm -hmm. feeling still stands. All right, everybody, I have three words for you. Mindset, wellness, CBD. That's right. I am absolutely obsessed with Mindset Wellness CBD and all of their CBD gummies. But right now, my favorite are definitely the Focus gummies. I can't even tell you how many different projects I have, the podcast, some of my other clients. I can't even talk about all my projects because I can't talk about them yet. And I wake up with the world's longest to-do list every day. And I take a Focus gummy and I get through it. And it's pretty painless. And I feel like excited to get through it because I have this little bit of help from these focus gummies that just help me pay attention and and power through it all. And whether you are in college, you are starting a new job, you just have a lot of work to do while you're working from home and you feel like it's all homework, these focus gummies will be such a game changer. Head to mindsetwellnesscbd.com and hook yourself up with some. And while you're doing that, we'll hook you up with 10% off and free shipping by using the code seeing other people. Get your focus gummies. Yeah. Well, I think like on that, it's almost like you could even be like, let's, yeah, let's talk about rejection first. Cause I think great. Love this topic. Been there. (laughs) Uh, R E J E C T E G rejected. Um, yeah. (laughs) God, I hate myself. So I love you. I feel like the weirdest version of me is going to come out. I'm so excited for everyone to see it, for everyone to hear it. Um, yeah, no, keep Um, saying what you were saying about rejection though. What was I saying? Yeah. I think part of it is like whether or not you're actually getting rejected, even like you could be the one like going on dates and being like, it's not working out. It's just that constant, like built up feeling of like, well, why not me? Like, Mm -hmm. why is it not happening? Why am I not finding my person? Why it's like, you start to think like, why am I not good enough? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with me? Even if, like I said, you're not getting outright rejected. You're just putting yourself out there over and over and not having the success that you want. Definitely. I think even if you're the one who makes the ultimate decision, this person isn't for me, as you said, like, it's so easy to get back to this place of what's wrong with me. Why am I not able to like this person or someone is in front of you who you think is so great. And you're like, why can't I get there with this person? And you start questioning yourself. And I think that you know, as a 26 year old woman in New York City, majority of my friends are now currently in relationships. And it it's super easy for me to feel like, why does no one want me, even though I know 
rationally, that's actually not the case. I've gone on dates where I've decided that they weren't for me. I've gone on dates where it was mutually decided that we weren't right for one another, but I still get myself into this mindset of like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not meeting anyone? And everyone else has someone like, it must be a character trait of mine, even though it's just, it's not fully rational because I know that a lot of times it was me making the decision, you know? Yeah. And even if it's not fully rational, like it's still validated, Mm -hmm. you know, it's still a normal feeling that like it makes sense to feel even if it's not the reality. Sarah, this is one thing that you and I have talked about over and over. And I feel like we go, we go back and forth like a ping pong ball, like reminding each other of this, but it's like, if we wanted to be in a relationship, like if that was the goal, we could be Mm -hmm. like, you could date somebody I could have in all those years, like I could have found somebody to date just to feel not alone. But that person wasn't going to be the person that we wanted. Mm -hmm. But it was like helpful, I think, to remind ourselves that like, we're looking for something specific, we're looking for somebody who we feel are most comfortable with who we feel like we belong with. We're not just looking for like, any person to be a part like, our significant other. Totally. But if the goal is to just like have a boyfriend or have a girlfriend or have a partner, like, yeah, anyone can actually make that happen. But it's about like putting in the work and the time and the effort to find like that, like when we're, when it's not working out, that's every little bit of that is like a step in the right direction of it actually working out with the person that we want it to work out with. Right. Right. I think that after so many trials and tribulations, like we've both dated over the years. You're right. We could have at some point said, you know what, let me just go with this. Uh, But I think the older you get and the more you date, maybe not necessarily age, but the more you date and the more you really, you know, meet different people and learn about what, what it is that you want and need in a relationship. It's not that you become more picky, but you just start to understand what, you're looking for. I don't know if that made sense. I'm trying to say like, the more you date, the more you understand what you need and what you want. So Mm -hmm. it's like the pool gets smaller because now you're being really specific, which isn't a bad thing because ideally this is the person you spend your life with. So you kind of want to be quote unquote picky, but it gets harder to meet the right person when you're like, okay, I've learned through all of these years of dating, I've learned exactly what it is I want. So now I can't just go with any person because I know what's going to make me happy and what I need. Right. And that's something that I know you're personally going through right now yeah. and like trying to find a very specific person who shares the same like specific values as you. And I know that that's been a definitely like a bit of a challenge because you are looking for something in particular where it, it does seem like that's harder to find, but that also doesn't make it feel any less lonely while you're going through it. If you want to speak on any of that. Yeah. Um, I don't need to go into like a rampage of my, 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 my goals and what I'm looking for (laughs) right now. And honestly, I think that sometimes my friends will tell me and you'll tell me this too. You're like, maybe you should be a little more open to people who are, it's not that I, I don't want people who are different than me, but I think values for me is number one. Um, especially when Mm -hmm. it comes to my faith, I'm really passionate about growing in my religion and learning more. Um, and that's a huge value of mine. And I want to share that with my children one day. Um, so yeah, I mean, it is something that I look for immediately when I go on a date and it's not that people, it's not, I don't really, 
I'm not really picky when it comes to like what movies they like, what music they like, what do they do on the weekends? It's not really that. It's more like, what are your values? And if someone else isn't Mm -hmm. trying to grow in the same direction as I am, I tend to say like, okay, off the bat, I know this isn't going to work. And it's like, how many people can you meet and hear that they're not what you're looking for? And it's just like, after a while, you're just like, should I just like give up and choose someone? But I don't know. It is very isolating to feel like you're trying, you're trying, you're trying, and you're just not finding the person whose values match up with yours, who want the same things as you. Um, Yeah, it's super lonely. It it gets super lonely. And um, I just like, I have to keep reminding myself that it's important for me to care about these values because I was in a relationship at one point where those values were suppressed and I pretended like they didn't matter to me. And I was like, I get along with this person really well. We have such a great time together. I can, you know what, with time, maybe we'll grow together. We'll learn about each other's values. We'll respect one another. Um, and I suppressed my own needs in the relationship so much and the things that I had really like been looking for on a deeper level so much that it kind of like blew up in my face and then we broke up and I was like, I can't really do that again. You know, sorry, that was kind of long. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that. And I think that totally makes sense because you did try to in a way compromise on those values and you tried, like you, you really gave it a full effort and that Mm -hmm. like now it's the polar opposite where you're like, okay, you know what? I did that thing. Mm -hmm. I did it. And now I know for sure that that's not what I want. And what I want is actually the opposite but the fact is it's taking longer to find that yeah 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 and I I think that some people meet others and maybe they're maybe when they meet they're not you know this I'm not saying that they should be the same person or whatever but like ideally the I I, listen I'm single so I can't really give the key advice to long-term relationships but I think that having the same set of goals and like having a combined goal for the future is really important because Mm -hmm. people change so much over the years and that's something that couples have to get used to and you know keep learning about each other as the years go on and as they change as individuals but as long as that shared goal is consistent of like wanting the same things in their future I think there's always ways to make it work when the values are the same. Yeah. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, 
and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across, and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right, all right. I know that everyone has their hands up. And I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started Presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a Presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, Presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. 
And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Yeah, I think that's a really, really important point for people to keep in mind because, yeah, like you said, like people do change over time. Like you and I are completely different people than we were even like two years ago, Mm -hmm. if you think about it. We're completely different than we were two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And we're not planning on like not changing again. Like we're going to continue to grow and change and evolve. And you have to be in a relationship where you're okay with the fact that that other person is going to also, but your core values and and your shared interests and passions and and the way that you want your life together to go is something that does need to in a way remain the same Mm -hmm. or at least evolve together as one exactly exactly so if someone's already telling me like you know I if on the first date they're like let's say on the first date they were like I don't want to have children I mean, mm-hmm. as funny as they are, they might make me laugh a lot, a lot. Wow, that was not English. Let me start over. They <laughs> might make me laugh a ton. They might have the same interest in movies as I do. But if they're telling me on the first date they don't want children, it's a different it's a different goal that, you know, like we just have different goals. So I yeah. don't really see it working for me because I do want children. I'm not saying one's right or one's wrong. 100%. But if they're different... You have to have the same goals in mind. And the older you get, the clearer that becomes, which makes it harder to find your person. Yes. <laughs> and I think it's it's interesting. I'm glad you brought up the kids uh, example in particular, because I recently did have somebody ask during an Instagram AMA. They asked, like, he says he doesn't want kids, but like we had a fun first date. Should I try it anyway? You should not like that is a straight up deal breaker. You literally should not continue. Like the second you hear that, if you know that you want children and you know, the other person is telling you right off the bat, I do not want children. Turn around, walk the other way. Don't walk, run. Like it's not a bad thing. It it doesn't, doesn't mean they're any less of a person. That doesn't mean that they're not deserving of someone or that they're not deserving of you or that you're not deserving of them. It just means that, your goals and what you see for your future and what you've, the life you've imagined for yourself does not add up. It does not line up and it's not going to work out. And I think we end up like when we latch on to something where it's like, oh, but we had a really great first connection or, oh, there was that spark or like, oh, they have all these other like qualities that I love. Like maybe like they'll change their mind or Mm -hmm. I'll change my mind or something like you are just setting yourself up for so much pain down the road because though that's like a huge aspect of your life that I think like 99.9% chance you're both not going to align on Mm -hmm. right like maybe someone will change their mind maybe but first of all you don't want to feel resentment towards your person for making you dismiss the things that you had wished for in your life Mm -hmm. and if they change their mind it's a really small chance like the odds are two people will want what they want 
and they're not going to budge it, especially when it comes to something like children. So yeah, yeah, you have to, I mean, listen, being single, like I could talk for days about how lonely it's been, the rejection I felt like it's been a journey and I can definitely keep talking about this, but if there's anything I can say that's been so positive, it's like, as time goes on, I just continue to learn about what I need and what I want and who I am. And I know that sounds super cliche, but like my friends always tell me, they're like, you know exactly who you are because Mm -hmm. you've tried it all. You've seen, no, I I haven't seen it all, but like I've tried, I've, I've had experiences in my life. I'm 26. I'm about to turn 27. Like I know who I am and what I want. And on one hand, it's kind of like, all right, well, that makes you really picky. On the other hand, I no longer need to waste time is a bad word, but like, I don't need to waste my time dating people and, and continuing relationship with relationships with people who just like, I know it's not going to work out, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a really good kind of example of what, what you did with dating somebody who's was a completely different religion. And like, ultimately those values were never going to align or me dating somebody who lived in LA and was not going to move to New York and me living in New York and was not going to move to LA. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's like, you know what, like we tried those things and we learned and we learned that they don't work. And it ultimately comes down to those core values. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Also, I love how like we had a totally different like topic kind of in mind for this episode. Now we're just talking about values and I love it. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm all in. <laughs> Honestly, this topic has been on my mind like 24 seven for the last few weeks. Yeah. For like all these different reasons. But I think it's important. I mean, listen, I think in relationships, like people think that they need all of these things to make a relationship work. And again, I'm single. So you might be sitting here listening and saying, what does she know about relationships? But (laughs) even though I've been single, I've been learning a lot from people who are in successful relationships, people who, you know, had lessons to learn from failed relationships. Well, failed. I don't like that term because every relationship teaches you something, but yeah, you've also, you've also been in multiple like serious relationships. So you do have a lot of relationship experience just because you're single now does not at all discount everything you've learned. True. Yeah. So I think that people think that they need all of these different things to make us a relationship work. They need to be, you know, their interests, like their, their hobbies need to be the exact same or like, Oh, he likes to golf. I don't golf. Like, what are we going to do? But I think that, and not, I think I, I went to a actually relationship talk last week and the person who was leading the talk has been married for like over 10 years or whatever. And he was saying in a relationship, you only really need three things. A, your values need to align. So where do you see, how do you see your future? I'm not talking specifically about like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like in general, your values. I, I, I think that's pretty straightforward. Do your values align? B, are you physically attracted to one another? It's important. Mm-hmm. And C, and even though physical attraction can grow, but like, is there any type of physical attraction there? And C, emotional attraction. Do you enjoy spending time together? Do you want to keep seeing them? If you have the three things, you have an emotional attraction, your values align, and you're physically attracted to one another, those are the three key ingredients to making a relationship work. Obviously, life's going to be hard no matter who you're with. People will change no matter who it is. Individuals change over time. Life gets in the way. Things get tough. Sure, maybe they'll forget to pick up their socks off of the floor one time. 
But regardless, though, if you have those three things, you really can make any relationship work. And you might think, okay, well, this person has more, you know, this person and I have the same hobbies or have the same interests. But like, is that really sustainable for a whole lifetime? You know, if they're missing values, physical attraction, emotional attraction, like, is it really sustainable? So that was my long winded way of saying, if you have those three things, you really, and you make a choice to be committed to someone, you really can make it work. If you have those three key ingredients, what do you think? I love that. I I think it's a really good like gut check of is this worth pursuing? Is this something that could work? But I also think as much as you can commit to making it work, it has to be a two way street. Like they also have to say like, okay, this person also has these three like main things that I need in a partner and I'm going to commit to making it work because it has to be a two sided commitment. Otherwise it's not going to work, you know? Mm -hmm. But I do think in terms of like pursuing someone, yeah, I think that that's so important, especially if you're in a situation where like, let's say there are a few different people who you could be interested in and some of them have two out of the three things, but you're like excited about those people. But then one of the people has all three things. It's like, if you think about long-term success and overall happiness and your future, it probably does realistically make sense to choose that person that has three out of three things. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, Even though, and, and like, we're not saying this isn't like a checklist type of thing. Like yeah, checklists are, I was like, about to if, say you, that. if you have a checklist, get rid of it, rip it up. Like, no, no, no. It, it doesn't matter how tall someone is, what kind of school they went to, exactly. like what their job is. That stuff is totally different. These are like three core, like planets in a solar system. That's exactly what I was about to say. It's like, I'm, we're not saying like, oh, look at your checklist. And like, if they meet all your boxes, go for it. And if they don't, don't go for it. Right. No. But it's kind of like, okay, jobs change, careers change, locations change, looks change. Like, do uh, do you have these key ingredients to a relationship? Do you share values? Mm -hmm. Do you, you know, another thing that like, there's like subfolders underneath each one. So for example, when it comes to values, okay, maybe on the first date, you don't want to straight up ask them, what are your values? But like, (laughs) look, I was... I was on a date recently, actually, and I told him because like we got like really comfortable really quickly. Okay, I'm still single, guys. Like, don't worry. But I was just (laughs) on a date and I was like, you know what I really appreciated was how he was treating like the people who were um, waiting on us at the restaurant, the -hmm. people in the street, like people who we like got water from the people little, in the street, like, like other citizens, <laughs> the people, like the, the mice on the ground, the New York city rats. Right. So pretty much it's just like, it's important to see how it was important to me to see how he was treating, like even the waiter at the table or at yes. the restaurant, because the kindness, kindness that he showed there represents his overall values and morals. And that's important. Yes, definitely. I think being really observant of how a person actually is behaving naturally and organically, like true to who they are is really important. And I think another really good way to kind of identify what someone's values are is to ask like questions. If you don't want to like straight up, like be like, like Sarah said, like, what are your values? (laughs) Like just ask how they grew up, like ask about their childhood and their family and see how, they talk about that. And I mean, maybe they'll say like, 
they grew up a certain way and they didn't like it or they grew up a certain way they wished and they wish they had more or less of this or that. I think you can definitely identify these things without straight up asking like verbatim, what are your values? Right. Right. Or like, let's say you want a really big family in your future and they're like, I have zero siblings and I don't come from a family or like a big family, but they're like, but I really want a big family. Like, there you go. That's a way to figure out if like you want the same things. Totally. Exactly. Okay. So one thing I really want to go back to, but earlier you mentioned how your friends always say like, you're so yourself, you know, exactly who you are. And in, in like being in your life and being your best friend over the last few years, like I have really noticed. Um, okay. I'm yeah. Like since yesterday, um, since our friendship started last week. Um, no, I, I mean, specifically like over the last few years, I have watched you figure out who you are. And I think it'd be really cool if you could talk a little bit about that and share with our listeners how you did that. Because I think you started to learn really who you were after a breakup from a long-term relationship, mm-hmm. and which was at the beginning of this kind of long-winded span of being single, but yes. still wanting to not be single and kind of feeling a little bit like isolated in that. Because I think that's over the last few years is really when you found yourself. Yeah. Um, So I I think it's just good for people to hear about like taking advantage of being single. Definitely. I would love to speak on that. Um, Okay. So just for a little bit of context, I was in a relationship in college um, where both of us were not, I mean, we were still growing, we were still learning, but we just weren't that compatible, but like we tried to make it work and it, it didn't work out. Um, and I left that relationship feeling totally lost. I had really low self-esteem. Um, I didn't know who I was, what I wanted, etc. It was a good learning experience. Um, and we're still friends, but whatever. Coming out of that relationship, I met someone else at work, like almost immediately. And he was like always helping my self-esteem, making me feel so confident. Like Alana knew, like he was like obsessed with, not obsessed with me and like, a bad way like we were really into each other and he was just you were really into each other and he would treat he would treat you really well and you'd come home and be like dancing around the apartment because like yes. you felt so good yes exactly um and that relationship was truly my first serious relationship where I felt like I had a partner I felt like I had someone who respected me I respected them we were like I felt like we were like two peas in a pod again it didn't work out in the end because I think a our values did not align and B, um, I think we just handled conflict really differently, but whatever. Overall, it was a really great relationship. I learned so much from it. However, when I came out of that relationship, I didn't know who I was because I spent so much time in that relationship creating like an us, a we, that I didn't really know the I, I didn't know who I was, if that makes any sense. Like I just spent so much time with him and we formed these like, collective interests and these hobbies that we would do together. And we had, we were together all the time. And like, suddenly when we broke up, I was like, who am I? Like, what do I like to do on my own? What, what are my interests? And I felt like that relationship is as great as it was kind of, um, like made me forget who I was on my own. And I was really scared to be single because it's really scary to, 
enter a world where you're on your own. You have to fill up time on your own. You don't know who you are, what you like to do. Like, again, all of my hobbies were with him going to Broadway shows, like going to the park and playing Frisbee. Like those were things we did together. So suddenly I was faced with this huge question of like, what do I do with my free time? I can't rely on my friends all the time to like come and support me and make me happy. I have to find it within. Um, so I honestly just started trying different things. I went to a yoga class. I had never done yoga before. I fell in love with yoga. I, a couple months after falling in love with yoga, I signed up for teacher training and I became a yoga instructor. That was something I never saw for myself when I was in my last relationship. Um, as I mentioned, I'm super, into I, my- I remember, sorry to, no, please. Sorry to jump in. I, I remember when you first took a yoga class, it was actually something that your therapist recommended because yeah. you were feeling so anxious at the time. Yeah. Which yeah, my- I think is really cool. Yeah. My therapist was like, have you tried yoga? My first reaction was like, I'm already so anxious. You expect me in a room without my phone and just breathe like you've got to be kidding me there's no chance I'm like I'm gonna hyperventilate in the middle of the class I can't do that but you know what I tried it I she had me say all my reasons my excuses and then eventually she's like are you out of excuses and I'm like yeah she's like just try it I'm like okay (laughs) tried yoga it helped me so much I Wow. It, it was the first place in a really long time I felt like I could um, just like breathe, I guess. I, you know, my anxiety was so overbearing and it was felt like so much pressure on my chest all the time. And the yoga studio was like the first place in so long that I was like, wow, I feel like I can be okay in here. Um, anyway, so that's kind of a side tangent, but I became a yoga instructor. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I'm super into my faith now, but it's not something that was like a big deal to me at the time. But I remembered that it was something I had been suppressing in my last relationship. So when we broke up, I'm like, maybe I'll just go to a class and see what's up. And I ended up meeting these girls from that class, became best friends with them, created all these new friendships, and they introduced me to different things. Um, I became super into mental health after my last relationship. I had been into it for a while, but coming out of the last relationship, I started learning about putting myself first and the difference between self-care and selfishness and just all these different things. I started acknowledging my mental health more in terms of the anxiety I was experiencing, the depression I experienced. Um, These are like clinically diagnosed things, whatever. It's going really long. Sorry. But, um, no, yeah. please. This is great. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I just, I honestly, my advice for anyone, if you're going through a breakup, it's like, just use the time to explore things you like and things you don't like. It's the perfect time to really just be independent. I know that's so cliche. You probably heard this from like some rom-com that came out in the last few years, but like it really allowed me to discover new things, new hobbies. And through those hobbies, I learned what was important to me and what was not, whether that means in a relationship or outside of a relationship, I learned how to put myself first. I had never put myself first before. And being single taught me Mm -hmm. 
you can put yourself first. It's okay. People aren't going to hate you for saying no to plans. People are not, you're not going to lose all of your friends because you need a night in. And I just learned like what it means to take what I need. And I I hope that now that I understand who I am, what I need and how to take care of myself in my next relationship, my glass will be full. So I can then help pour into their glass and and hold space for someone else and really be there for someone else without compromising my own glass. You know what I mean? I think that is so important. And that was so well said and all of the work that you've done and and hopefully that other people will maybe feel inspired to do after listening to you and your story is it's all setting you up to have a successful relationship where you are coming into it as like a 100% individual person. And you are going to bring all of these things into it with another hopefully 100% individual person. And together, you each will have your own individual personalities and passions and hobbies and interests. And you'll also form shared ones. But you're not fully 110% relying on them to make you feel happy and make you feel worthy and make you feel like you're enough because you'll already have those things in your pocket to pull from. 100%. I think that the main takeaway from my last relationship, like what went wrong, we were one half, one half to make one. Mm -hmm. Now my next relationship, hopefully it's my last like, do you know what I mean? Hopefully it's lasting, but it should be one plus one equals shared team to make it should be a Venn diagram yes exactly wow yeah exactly. I'm like I, that's what I'm, I've been picturing in my head the this entire conversation is a relationship should be a Venn diagram mm-hmm. where you're two individuals who come together and have things that you share but you also have things in your own compartments definitely definitely do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment, and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, Season 15, Episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. And I I think that I'm not trying to like romanticize how hard the breakup was. Like it was horrible. Like anyone who was around me was like, (laughs) this girl is not okay. I was so sad. I, you know, I've been in therapy for a long time. I've been able to work on myself through that. Um, But it's only in hindsight that you're able to say, wow, I learned so much from that. And I think the way to maximize how much you're learning about yourself is just by trying new things and using breakup or single time to to learn about yourself and what you like. Like, listen, I could have gone into the yoga class and 
hated it. And then I would have mm-hmm. tried something different. And then maybe that would have stuck. Like it's about trying new things. And through those things, you learn about what you like, what you don't like, et cetera. If you're going through a breakup, like I hear a lot of people join those frizz, like kickball teams or, you know, yeah. like things that will be fun for you, but you'll expand your network. You'll meet new people and you'll learn about yourself. I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean, that also like your story and how bad you felt about life after the breakup, like I went through the exact same thing. And like, I I know I've I've talked about like half secret relationship, not relationship thing um, with the guy I was working with before, but um, that breakup broke me like that, that relationship in itself actually broke me even when it was still going on. And I came out of it. I had a really bad, like I like crashed and like burned for a bit and it was really bad and dark and scary. And then eventually I was like, okay, I need to stop feeling sorry for myself. Like what, I can't change how I feel at this very moment, but what in my life can I change? And I decided like, you know what? the industry that I'm working in, the job that I thought was going to fulfill me is not serving me. And I left the music industry, which I never thought I was going to do. But I left and I found my job at Hinge and I was so much happier. Mm -hmm. Not only was I so much happier, but I was suddenly doing an entirely different thing than what I was doing in my career before. And I felt so much more excited about it and so much more like I felt like I was doing something that mattered and that filled up my cup. Mm -hmm. And then I ended up like starting a podcast. I ended up like finding a workout that I liked and that brought me like new connections and new friends. And I, all of this came from relationships ending. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important lesson that a breakup or even like an end of a job, like obviously this year, a lot of people have lost their jobs and been let go or, um, things like that. I think anything, any, any type of like ending that you didn't expect or plan for or want kind of shakes up your life, but it's a really wonderful opportunity for you to build a better future for yourself. Definitely. And that's not to say that if you're in a relationship, you can't learn about yourself, but I think it has to be a priority. Like, Mm -hmm. for example, one of my best friends has been dating her boyfriend for over 10 years, but I've seen how both of them prioritize like learning about themselves as individuals as they've grown over the years and they both prioritize their own passions. And while they have shared Mm -hmm. values and shared goals and a shared future purpose together they they continue to they don't they don't disregard their own individual passions and I think that's just really important like if you're listening to this and you are in a relationship it's not that you're doomed and you should break up and learn about yourself but make sure that even in your relationship you continue to explore who you are as an individual so that you never lose sight of the fact that you can make yourself happy on your own if needed I love that it's like we spend so much time focusing on like falling in love with our partners or, or with like people we go on dates with or just loving our friends and making sure they're happy. Like imagine loving yourself that much, What's that <laughs> like? right? Like imagine putting that much energy 
into yourself, into figuring out what makes you happy and like getting yourself something nice or taking yourself out to a dinner that you've been so excited for rather than planning everything around the other people in your life. Like we're at the end of the day, we should be our own number one and our own priority. And yes, you can share that with somebody else, but like, just imagine, imagine putting some of the energy we put into making other people happy into ourselves. What a world different that would be. I know. Like, just knowing who we are in relationships and what we're like, if we gave ourselves that same energy all the time, oh my gosh, we would be obsessed with ourselves. (laughs) Like actually. (laughs) I know it's so true. Like it's, if you're able to do, if you're able to give someone else the love that you, you know, you're capable of, like, why not give it to yourself. I mean, I'm not saying don't love someone else, but like love yourself first. And again, I know these are like super cliche things, but they're all true, you know? Yeah, they're all so true. And I have another cliche ish thing for us. I remember I put this quote down as something I wanted us to talk about because I remember my mom called me one day. She was like on the treadmill and like sex in the city was on. So she was watching it. I personally don't I don't like the show actually, but, um, I really like this quote from it. And she was like, Alana, like I just heard this thing and like this character said it and I needed to call you. And she told me it and it was in New York. They say, you're always looking for a job, a boyfriend or an apartment. And she wanted me to hear that because it was like, you're always trying to get all of these things. And you know what? At the time it was like, I had a great apartment and a great job. But all I cared about was the fact that I didn't have a boyfriend. And Sarah, that's something like you and I were always talking about that. And so the second after I hung up with my mom, I called you and I was like, we need to like hammer this into our brains. Mm -hmm. Because we have two out of three of these things. And we but we act like we have nothing and Mm -hmm. that we're nothing and that we're unworthy and undeserving and not good enough just because we don't have a boyfriend. Definitely. we have these amazing dream jobs that we worked so hard for. And we have apartments in New York City where we always wanted to live. And it's like, it, it's sometimes we get clouded by the fact that like that one thing that seems like unattainable where it's like, well, everyone else has this, but I don't. So like I suck. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like, I feel like that was our mindset for a really long time until we really started to prioritize ourselves. And I think that the two of us are guilty of feeling like once we had boyfriends, we would have everything. Like yeah. once we had boyfriends or everything else, every other, like all of our issues would be solved. I mean, I don't know if you've felt that way, but I definitely felt oh, that way I'm, for a while. Duh. <laughs> you've met me. Hi. <laughs> we were Hi, like, Alana. we just need boyfriends. Like we would literally say like, once we have a boyfriend, like everything else will fall into place. But like, it's <laughs> yeah. simply not the truth. Like, First of all, adding someone into your life, like, well, how it could be the most beautiful thing ever, but it's also challenging. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. easy. You're adding in someone else's feelings, emotions. So, yeah, it's it doesn't solve all your issues, first of all. Second of all, I wanted to talk about this one time that I met up with an old friend, like, pre-COVID. And she has like a really, they're engaged now. But when I met up with her, I was like, you have a really serious boyfriend. And in my head, I was like genuinely convinced she had it all. I was like, this girl's whole life is together. She has the serious boyfriend. They're going to move in together. Like she has it all. We sit down for dinner 
And she's like, I'm so jealous of you. And I was like, huh? I was literally so confused. She's like, you are thriving. And obviously social media like is deceiving, but she was like, you're thriving. You have this new podcast. You seem to really have it all together. I could not believe what I was hearing from her. I'm like, you're the one with a boyfriend. She was like, so I'm so confused in every other aspect of my life. And I was like, oh, like that doesn't solve all your issues. And then I started like reframing my experiences in my brain and what I did have. And I was like, hold on. I like, I, I, I'm not as like pathetic as I think I am. Like I have some cool things (laughs) going for me. Yeah. Friendly reminder that Father's Day is coming up this June 20th. And I'm sure you've forgotten to get your father or the dog father or the fatherly figure in your life a present because we're all very forgetful and there's a lot on our minds. Don't worry, here to hook you up and tell you all about Mindset Wellness CBD and how it is the best Father's Day gift. My dad is obsessed with them. And you can get gummy squares, you can get honey sticks, you can get drops, you can get a million different CBD products. Everything is gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO, tastes amazing. And they are also from like a really great company with amazing founders. And I guarantee the dad that you are getting these for is going to also be as obsessed as I am. And you'll also be the best person ever for not forgetting Father's Day like you usually do. So head to MindsetWellnessCBD.com and use the code seeing other people at checkout to get 10% off free shipping and become the best gift giver ever. Back to the episode. Yeah, and I think that I, I totally relate to that because I have definitely had people be like, oh, like you're killing it. Like you're doing everything you want to do. Like you are not like, a, oh, like we should figure out how to make that happen. You're like, oh, okay, let's fucking make it happen and go do it. And you seem like so happy and like all these things. And like in my head, all I could ever think about was like, well, I'm still single. Nobody wants me. I can't find the person who mm-hmm. to be with. And like all my friends seem so happy in the relationships. And like, I'm literally just single and like sitting here and like, why me? And like, what the hell? Same. Same. <laughs> <laughs> like it's these, it's these like patterns and things that we tell ourselves that, kind of get the best of us and and like eat us alive when really like like most people I'd say like everyone who's listening to this you're and feeling this way like you're probably doing really great Mm -hmm. you are probably doing great in so many ways that you don't think about on a daily basis yeah we don't give ourselves enough credit life is hard yeah life is really hard it's really hard and I hear from my friends who have boyfriends all the time they're like okay, maybe you don't have this one thing, but like you have to remind yourself of all the other things that I do have that maybe they're still looking for because they figured out the relationship thing and now they're looking for the other things. So we just have to keep in mind that like this, again, another cliche. And I said this in my yoga class this morning, but like life is truly a journey. There's no like time. There's no limit to, uh, there's no deadline to when you have to get a boyfriend or Mm. when you, you don't have to get one at all or a partner or significant other, whoever you're looking for, there's no deadline. So just try to enjoy life as it comes. And okay, maybe right now you didn't find the significant other, but what else is going on in your life that you are succeeding in? And then, you know, everyone Mm -hmm. has their time for like different things. It doesn't mean that someone has a significant other, they have everything figured out. 
Right. And it's also, I mean, at the same time, like you could, I guess, like not have a significant other and you hate your job and like you're paying like way too much money for an apartment that sucks. And like, it can definitely feel like you have nothing going on for Mm -hmm. you. And we all felt that way. And that, first of all, that's okay. Like you're going to be okay. You're going to make it through. But I think in that case, the thing that you need to do is take a look at all of these things that you're unhappy about and say like, okay, I can't snap my fingers and get a boyfriend that will make me happy. I can't snap my fingers and get a new job that will make me happy, but I can figure out what outside of my job will make me happy. I can maybe pick up some side gigs. I can apply to new jobs or at least start networking and finding out what else is out there or see if I'm eligible for a promotion anytime soon. Otherwise, like I shouldn't just sit here in my misery at this job that I hate for another year or two until that happens. Like, remember that you at the end of the day, like we are in control of a lot of things in our lives that we don't usually like take the responsibility for making them better. And Mm -hmm. you can, the only thing stopping you is yourself. Definitely. And I think that people think that once they have all of these things figured out, that's when they'll achieve happiness. That's when they'll be happy. And I think that we have to remember that life is not, as I mentioned earlier, there's no deadline. There's no like, ah, yes, everything on my list is checked off. Now I'm happy. Like it's a constant, life is constantly changing. Things are always going up and down. And I totally understand the feeling of being so overwhelmed that maybe it feels like everything's going wrong that you don't even want to Mm -hmm. start with anything, but you know, you know what I mean? Like everything feels so wrong. You're like, where do I even begin to make this better? I think it just one foot in front of the other and you start with one thing like okay maybe you don't wake up and say by next week I'm gonna have the boyfriend the job the apartment etc how can you wake up tomorrow and say today I'm doing this one little thing that's going to bring me joy and make bring me one step closer to one of my goals and that's truly what it is it's day by day um yeah maybe it's updating your dating app profile maybe it's deciding like okay I I'm going to actually talk to somebody who has previously liked me on an app and try and go on a date this week. Or by next week, I'm going to go on a date. Or by next week, I'm going to have a date planned. Mm -hmm. Or by the end of this week, I'm going to update my LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Like little by little is how it happens. Exactly. It doesn't all happen at once. And when you think that you have it all figured out, life throws you lemons or maybe curveballs or whatever life throws at us. So... I want to quickly go back to feeling like you're the only single one in the friend group, or maybe you are the only single one in the friend group. It's like, just remember, I guess this is kind of repetitive, but I just remember that everyone is truly on their own journey. Just because they're in relationships doesn't mean they have it any better than you or that everyone is happy and you're not. And I just try and feel genuine happiness for my friends. And that's like, what helps me is like seeing my friends happy and saying, okay, Maybe right now at this exact moment, it's not my time for a relationship, but I'm feeling happy in these other areas of my life. And I'm going to continue looking for my own significant other, but in the meantime, finding genuine happiness for my friends to see that they're happy. Yeah. And you do do a really amazing job of that and it doesn't go unnoticed. And I, it is really appreciated, especially no, because I'm, I mean, I was single for so long when it felt like everyone else was in relationships, even like when we lived together and like I was the only single one in the apartment and like 
even like with all with my friends who I didn't live with and stuff. So it it is really hard when you are in that position. But also remember that like everyone, yeah, like you said, everyone's timing is different. Everyone has different things going on for them at different times. And not just because someone's in a relationship doesn't mean their life is perfect. Just because you're not in a relationship doesn't mean your life sucks. And I think it's important to also like be open with your friends and let them know like if they just got into a relationship where they're not prioritizing you anymore or like you haven't seen them in a while like don't necessarily say like you forgot about me but say like let's I'd love to see you I miss you I think there are <laughs> things that sometimes like people do get caught up in their relationships and as the single person you feel a little left behind and almost sometimes you can feel forgotten about and the thing is like your friends might not see that they might not know that you're feeling that and you do have to kind of take it upon yourself to speak up in that situation and say like, Hey, like I'd love to like plan a girl's day for just us. Or like, Oh, like let's have a boy's day or say like, I like you, I, you, the two of you seem so happy. I'm so happy that you're happy. I'd love to like spend time with the two of you and get to know your new partner better. Mm-hmm. And Maybe like really friends. just, yeah. And really just making that, that little bit of effort to say like, Hey, like I'm still here. You know, definitely, definitely. Yeah. And again, maybe they have friends for you. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> it never hurts right. to get to know. Okay. Yeah. What do you say we do some listener questions? I'm down. Cool. Um, is it a red flag if a guy has dated slash been in a relationship with a lot of girls? Do you want me to go first? Go for it. I don't think so. I think that if they have relationship experience, that's a really great sign. Um, just as long as they're not currently looking to date 10 different people at once. I mean, unless you want that too, but if you're looking for someone who wants to be monogamous, um, if they're currently in a place where they want to settle down and have one person, then I don't think their past is a make or break. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I also think, I mean, it could be worth like asking some questions about it. Like maybe they, like if somebody jumps from like one relationship to the next every like six to 12 months, like, yes, Mm -hmm. that is probably a red flag. However, it's always worth asking questions and wondering and like being upfront to ask why that happened. Cause maybe they just like had a really bad pattern for a while and went after a certain type of person and it didn't work out, but they've recognized that and learned from that. And now they're doing something different. Like it's important to figure out why these things happened and to know if they've learned from it in the past. Totally agree. Is it okay to feel offended if a guy stops paying for dates? This is a tricky question. <laughs> I, I, it depends. Here's the thing. I think it's a, this is a very unique situation because everybody is so different. There are people who are definitely like a little more feminist than others who like don't want guys to pay for dates or want to split, especially in the beginning when they're not sure about someone or they don't want to feel like, Oh, well, like he paid. So now I owe him something. Yeah. Um, but there are also people who are very old fashioned and want to be wined and dined and expect that. So I think it's a matter of your values and priorities in that situation and how you feel about it and, and what, at what point is this happening? And like, what is your like relationship like at that point? I don't know. What do you think? 
I think that I totally agree with what you're saying. I think that when it comes to paying, because I thought about this a lot, personally for me, like I, I date men. So there is like a little bit of like an unspoken thing of like the guy's supposed to pay, right? Mm-hmm. but I don't look to the guys that I go on dates with to pay because I need them to be rich or I need them to show me their, how much money they have. I like it because it makes me feel like they're going to protect me and take care of me. And that's not what everyone wants. Like, right. as you said, some people want to feel like they don't need to be taken care of. They can take care of themselves. And I know I can take care of myself. Clearly I'm single and independent, but I kind of like when the other person makes me feel safe and that if we were always together, they will make it clear that like they got me and like they're there to like kind of take care of me. Um, But again, that's not what everyone's looking for. And I think that no matter who you're dating, it doesn't have to be a guy or a man or a boy, whatever, like if you want them to pay, think about why you want them to pay. Is it because, like, what are you looking for in in that? Is it because you want someone with a lot of money or does it mean you want to feel protected? Or, you know what I mean? I, I think that if someone stops, to answer the original question, I think that if someone stops paying, um, you know, maybe ask yourself why it is that you may be offended. I, I, I don't know. I think that eventually, like, I'd be okay with start starting to split because I think that makes sense once you're forming a partnership. But I think at the very beginning, it's nice to feel like courted, like someone wants to like impress you and take you out. But I don't, I don't think I would necessarily be offended. I think it's just depends on length of time. And if you're developing a partnership or if you want this person to keep like, kind of like, I don't know, taking you out. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Am I making any sense? No, I think that makes sense. I think that makes a lot of sense to like figure out what about it is like alarming to you. And and maybe maybe they're giving you what you need in another way mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> this one I, I picked out and specifically for us uh, to talk about. How do you stay chill when you like someone a lot and not overthink every damn text? Wow. Dun dun dun. (laughs) Would you like to kick this off or would you like me to? Um I'll I'll go by um saying because you've yelled at me in the past. Like you've caught me doing this a lot. And you're like, Alana, it doesn't matter. Oh no, wait, you're the one who's always tells me to not respond and not text them fast. Hold on. Okay, start I'm starting over. Um, <laughs> well, not, not text them fast, not, not yeah, yeah, Don't but like, like double okay. text them. Well, here's, here's what I have learned and tried really hard to put into practice. Then again, it's so much easier said than done, but try and focus on what happens on the dates. What happens? How do you feel when you're in person? And then try and focus on that rather than focusing on everything that happens over text in between the dates. And the other thing is like, if you have a date planned, then you have no reason to be overthinking the text. Like, let's say it's Tuesday, you saw them on Friday or Saturday, and on Sunday or Monday, they somehow it came up to plan another date for the next weekend. Great. They want to see you like that's that's all you need to know is like, you had a great time. They clearly had a great time too, because there's another date planned. 
And I think that's what you need to focus on rather than like, it's been two hours or like, oh, like they didn't really continue the conversation. Like maybe they're in a meeting. Maybe they're busy. Maybe they have life going on. Yeah. I'm the type of person and Alana is too sorry to call us both out, but we are definitely like the more anxious type when it comes to not knowing if people like us back or you know, why aren't they responding to my texts? Um, But I think it's important to remember that if someone is feeling comfortable with you because you had a great date, they're probably not going to be aggressive. I mean, they might, but they don't always try to aggressively text you after a great date because a lot of people feel comfortable after a great date. Like I typically feel anxious after a great date because I'm like, "Uh oh, here we go. Now I have something to lose. Whereas other people after a great date, they're like, I feel really good. I feel really good about the time I had with this person. I don't feel like I need to text them every second of every day because we just had a great date together and we have a plan to hang out again. Um, so, and I would give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, I think that it's really easy for us to assume the worst, but I don't know. I think that people it depends on their intentions, but if someone's telling you they're looking for something, I don't think that people want to just drop. If they, if you had a great day with them, I I don't think they're just trying to like fall off the face of the earth. Um, Yeah. And one thing that I, I think we both got good at doing together is like after a date, we would tell each other how the date went and talk about it. And then And then the other one would say like, okay, remember this feeling like Mm -hmm. you feel good. The date went well. Mm -hmm. And then so like the next day or two days later, when like I'd be freaking out about it, Sarah was like, Alana, there's what are you freaking out about? Because the date was great. You had a great time. They told you they had a great time. They told you they want to see you again. You just told me this. You were feeling amazing. Like, don't let the stories you're creating inside your head ruin that great feeling. Definitely. I think that it's important to remember that there were countless of times before when you probably felt anxious and things did work out. So it's important to look back on times where you were like, they're never going to text me again. They texted you. I'm never seeing them again. You saw them again. You thought that their text meant something really like negative or it was a short response. And then you saw them in person. They were so excited to see you. We've literally all been there. So every time I try, I get the slightest bit anxious. Why aren't they texting me? It's been hours, et cetera. I remind myself, okay, last time I felt the exact same way and it worked out. So maybe it will work out again. Why am I assuming that it's something bad? And I think people are also just busy. Like texting is not the end all be all. Again, as you said, it's how is it in person? Like everyone's a different type of texter. I've become a really bad texter because I just don't like typing on my phone. I like do talk to text. I'm like a granny, grandma. It's really lame. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, I think the, the best way to stay chill is just to also remind yourself who you are and that you are learning each other. You're not just going mm-hmm. on dates so that they can like you. You also are making a decision. Is this person someone who would be good for me? So keep in mind, this is not We're just so guilty of that. Oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah. do they like me? Do they like We're me? You're like, also do you guilty like of them? <sighs> exactly. Every time. And that it's so funny because it took me until Jonah called me out a few months ago to realize that it like, I did not care if I liked them. Like 
I was not focused on that at all. And that's crazy. Yeah. Like all, all I wanted to find was someone who likes me. And it's like, wait a second, like, Lana, how do you feel about this person? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know. But like, how do they feel about me? Like, right. <laughs> I mean, and also if they're making you like really, really anxious, it's something it. to keep in mind that like <laughs> they might not be the one for you. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, Sarah, thank you so, so much for being here. I mean, I know we could talk for like 27 more hours, I know. like straight about this. Um, but thank you so much. Can you let the seeing other people family know where to find you and your podcast? A hundred percent. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. I know I talk a lot. So thanks for being with me. You can find me at Sarah L. Sassone. That's N like Nancy at the end of that on um, Instagram twitter but i don't really tweet tiktok but i don't really post anymore and then you can find my podcast at it's fine i'm fine pod on instagram on apple Podcasts, it's the it's fine i'm fine podcast um we're also on spotify and we talk all things mental health so thank you so much again for having me I had so much fun and yeah thank you so much for being here it's fine i'm fine it's, it's fine. fine i'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> bye Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah, that too, Scout, that too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!